speak to you from this thought as we're in all in week three. Stay put or step out. Stay put or step out. I want to read a very familiar portion of Scripture to those of you who have been Christ followers for some time. If you're new to the faith or perhaps you have not crossed the line of faith, you're just checking out the claims of Christ. I still think many of you have heard this story before. Matthew 14, verse 25, if you have a Bible, if you have a smartphone to follow along with me. The scripture says, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, to his disciples, walking on the lake. He was walking on the water. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear, in fear, in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you. It's all about going to Jesus. It's all about following Jesus. It's all about coming to Jesus. Tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Jesus said, come to me. Come, follow me. We've been talking about two words throughout this series, follow me. Come, follow me. And we've said throughout this series what you do with those two words will determine the course of the rest of your life. How you respond to the words Jesus says to all of us, follow me, is critical to the direction of your life. And the scripture goes on to say, then Peter got down out the boat. How many of you realize that Peter just went all in for Jesus? That's a whole nother level of going all in. How many know when you get out the boat and think you're going to walk on water, you just went all in? That's a whole nother level. Peter went all in for Jesus because some things are worth everything. And he went all in. He got down out the boat. Scripture says he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Are you moving towards Jesus or away from Jesus? There's no neutral. There's no middle ground. Are you moving towards him in faith? Are you moving away from him in doubt? It goes on to say in verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Stay put or step out. And it's easy for us to read this portion of Scripture and to focus on the fact that Peter sank. It's easy to take our minds there and to think about he, he sank. But, but honestly, I admire Peter. I, I respect Peter because Peter stepped out. Peter got out the boat. Peter didn't stay put and stay comfortable. He stepped out in faith. And the church of Jesus Christ right here at People's Church, the church of Jesus Christ in America, the church of Jesus Christ around the world needs more Peters. We need more people who will step out instead of staying put. We need more people who will be a risk taker for the cause of Jesus Christ. We need more people who will be hist history makers for the cause of Jesus Christ. We need more 
more people who will be world changers for the cause of Jesus Christ. We need more people who will leave their comfort zone, who will leave their boat, who will leave mediocrity, who will leave safety and security and step out the boat so they can see a God do amazing things in their life. Someone once said, you cannot discover new oceans unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. In people's church, you can't experience all the new oceans God has for you unless you get out the boat. God has so many new oceans, so many things he wants to do in and through your lives. And all I'm telling you is you will never experience the new oceans God has for you unless you're willing to lose sight of the shore, unless you're willing to step out the boat so that you can experience all God has for your life. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. To come to church week after week, worship God, sing songs of praise, hear the preaching and teaching of God's Word every week, and to stay in the boat. I mean, what a tragedy. They hear it, I mean, ooh, good preaching, ooh, good singing, and do nothing with it but stay in the boat. Jesus is saying to all of us today, all of our locations, those joining me online, Jesus is saying to all of us right now, follow me. In areas of our lives, he's saying, come, come, get out the boat, step out, come, come. Will you stay put or will you step out in response to Jesus' voice saying, come? What I want to do today for the next few moments is I want to give you three steps to stepping out. Three steps to stepping out. As I spent the majority of my day studying with moving Chris and Jamie to next weekend and diving into the scriptures and studying and letting God speak to my heart and minister to me so I can minister to you. And, and here's what I want to do today. Here's, here's what I want to do. I've come today prepared to push you out into the water. Pastor, you trying to kill me? No. I'm trying to get you into your destiny. I'm trying to get you into what God has for you. And I'm telling you, you can't get what God has for you by staying in the boat. I'm trying to push you out so you'll step out into the destiny God has for your life. So I want to give you three steps, three keys to stepping out. Three keys to stepping out. Number one is this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Listen to what Jesus tells the, the disciples in that portion of Scripture I just read to you. It says in verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Friends, when God wants to do something powerful and awesome in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our finances, in our faith, in our career, in our future, when God wants to do something powerful, one of the biggest hurdles that you will have to jump over is fear. It's fear. You see, many Christ followers never experience all God has for them because of fear, because they won't step out and jump over the hurdle of fear. It's a really interesting study that all throughout the Bible, you see these words, 
Every time God wants to do something powerful in someone's life, they have to jump over the hurdle of fear. And so oftentimes in the Bible, literally about 200 different times in the Bible, you see these words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because if you're going to step out and see God do amazing things through your life, you will have to jump over the hurdle of fear. Do, I'm talking to somebody right now. Do not be afraid. It's all throughout the Bible. Let me give you some examples. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And simply God is saying to Abram, do not be afraid of the unknown. Abram, he's supposed to have a promised child. He, he's supposed to receive a promised land. He left, he left his land to follow God, and he's getting older, and he doesn't see a child, nor does he see the promised land. And he's saying, God, what's going on? I don't see anything happening. And God is saying, listen, Abram, you, just because you don't see my promises happening in your life yet, do not be afraid of the unknown. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And, 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 and Moses tells the people, do not be afraid of your enemies. The Red Sea was before them. The Egyptian army was behind them, and the Israelites are getting fearful. And Moses says, listen, 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 listen. God is getting ready to do something awesome in our lives. Do not be afraid. And that day they walked on dry ground through the Red Sea. Do not be afraid of your enemies. Every time God wants to do something great in your life, you have to jump over the hurdle of fear. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And God tells Joshua, do not be afraid to lead my people. Moses, the great leader, the anointed leader who led God's people out of 400 years of captivity, brought them into the desert. And now Moses dies before they get to the promise land. And his protege, young Joshua, is now the leader. He's fearful. Can I lead these people into the promised land? I'm not Moses. And God speaks to him, listen, I'm going to do something awesome in your life. I'm going to do something awesome through my people, but do not be afraid to lead my people. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And, and listen to David. David says to Solomon, his son, do not be afraid to build the house of God. I wanted to build the house of God. God told me I'm not going to build the house of God. You, my son, you're going to build the house of God. Listen to me, Solomon. God's going to be faithful to you. Do not be afraid to build the house of God. I believe God would say that the people's church, do not be afraid to build my house. As you launch your first location out of state next year in Indianapolis, do not be afraid to build my house, to see more lives change, to see the kingdom of God advance. Do not be afraid. It's all throughout the Bible because when God wants to do something great in your life, the biggest hurdle you'll have to jump over oftentimes is fear. Acts 9 to 8, 18 in verse number 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking, 
Do not be silent. And God says to Paul, do not be afraid to preach the gospel. I believe God is saying that to people at all of our locations. Do not be afraid to share the gospel at your workplace. Do not be afraid to share the gospel at the kids' soccer game, at the kids' baseball game, at the kids' basketball game. Do not be afraid to share the gospel and to preach the gospel in your neighborhood. Do not be afraid to invite people to, to, to the Christmas series. Do not be afraid to invite people to hear, hear Mike Singletary share his testimony. Get over your fear. Do not be afraid. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He says, listen to me, Joseph, do not be afraid of what people think. Do not be afraid of the reactions of people, because if you take Mary and follow me and take her as your wife, they're going to think, people are going to think that baby that's in her is not by you and is not by the Holy Ghost either. <laughs> but you don't be afraid of the reactions of people. You come follow me. You follow me. And people's church, God wants to do something powerful in your life, in your life. And he's saying to you today, do not be afraid to step out do not be afraid. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And for you to experience all God has for your life, you've got to step out. You can't stay in the boat. And God is telling some of you right now, come, step out. When it comes to your time, he said, now step out, build some relationships. Come on, Get to know some people. Come on, I want you to connect with some people. Grow spiritually with people. And some of you say, Pastor, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm fearful. I'm, I'm, Pastor, I'm an introvert like you. Now, I'm an introvert that just pretends like I'm an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. And, and, and Pastor, I'm an introvert too. I, I relate to you, Pastor. I'm energized by being by myself, and, and I don't really want to be around people. And I'm telling you, you got to step out. You're going to miss out for what, what, all that God has for your life if you don't step out. But you say, Pastor, if I step out and people get to know me, they're going to get to know the real me. And Pastor, they're going to find out I'm weird. Come on, just turn to your neighbor right now. Everybody turn to your neighbor and look them right in the eyes and just tell them this, I already know you're weird. Go ahead and tell them, go ahead, yeah. I already know. You're not fool. I already know you're weird. Come on and get connected. Come on, step out in faith. Come on, how many know we all got a little weird in us? Come on, come on, we all got some weird in us. And you got to step out. I hear people say this regarding their talent. People say, pastor, pastor, God can't use somebody like me. I'm just not that gifted. I'm just not that talented. You don't know how much I've messed up. You don't know how much I've sinned. You don't know what I've done wrong. God can't use me. And I'm saying, listen, you're letting fear stop God, stop, stop, stopping God from using you in a powerful way. You got to step out and use your talent so that God can use you to make a tremendous difference. Get out the boat. Get out the boat. Don't live in fear. Do not be afraid when it comes not only to time and talent, but when it comes to our treasure. So many people live in fear. So many people say, Pastor, you know, I can't, I can't return the tithe. I can't give back 10% to God because of fear, the hurdle of fear. People feel like I can't step out in faith and, and give offerings and honor God because of fear, not trusting God. And so many people stay in the boat and miss out on what God has for their life. Do not be afraid. Number two is this. There's a second key to stepping out. And number two is this. Do not follow the crowd. 
Do not follow the crowd. Let me remind you in this story, Peter was the only disciple that got out the boat. You see, most people stay in the boat. Most people stay put and never experience what God truly has for their life. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to see God move in a powerful way in your life, you can't be concerned with popularity. You can't be concerned and focused on the crowd. People's church, hear me today. Don't sell your soul. Don't sell your future. Don't sell your destiny for popularity. Listen, the reality, the reality is most people will stay in the boat. That's the reality. It saddens my heart to say this. It really does as your pastor. It saddens me to say that a lot of our church will stay in the boat. A lot of our church, they'll just stay right in the boat. There will be people across all of our locations joining us online that will hear three or four weeks of this series. And they'll be, ooh, pastor, ooh, preach, ooh. Tell the truth, ooh. Follow Jesus, yes. Leave everything. Follow Jesus. Preach. Ooh, some things are worth everything. Girl, did you hear that? Some things are worth everything. Ooh, pastor, preach the truth. But I'm not doing it. No, no, no. I'm not getting out the boat. That's a great word. That's a great teaching. Glad you studied. You studied good. But I'm not getting, I'm not, I am not getting out the boat. A lot of people will stay right in the boat. A lot of our church. Matter of fact, just ask somebody, just say, hey, are you going to become a dream builder? No, me neither. Hey, we're in this thing together. Come on, yeah. And you are. You're in it together. You're in the boat together. You're comfortable. You're safe. You're secure. But you're never going to experience the supernatural power of God. You're never going to experience amazing things by staying in the boat. And the reality If you want to be popular, you want to be comfortable, you want to be cool, you want to fit in, stay in the boat. But I believe I'm talking, if I'm just talking to one person, I'm I'm on assignment today. And I'm telling you, don't worry about the crowd. Don't worry about being popular. You know most people aren't going to make a difference. They're not going to do all God wants them to do. Don't let the crowd stop you. If you've got to get out by yourself, get your leg over the boat, put your foot in the water, get your other foot, and get in the water and let God use your life. Don't follow the crowd. Step out. There's a, a third, a third area that we have to recognize, we have to really realize this to step out. A third key is you experience the supernatural in your life when you step out. It's important for you to really grasp this. You experience the supernatural in your life when you step out. If you truly want to see God do supernatural things in your life, in your relationships, in your family, in your finances, in your faith, in your career, in your future, if you truly want to see the supernatural, you have to step out. Now, here's what people think. People think, no, 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 Pastor, no. I'm going to stay in the boat, and God's just going to do miracles. No, that's not how it works. Passion, I'm just going to stay comfortable and secure. I'm not going to walk by faith. I'm not going to take a step of faith. But God is going to do amazing things. No, no, that, that's, not, that's, that's not in the Scripture. It's stepping out. 
is stepping out in faith. God does supernatural things when we step out in faith. It's all throughout the scriptures. I think about Abraham. You see, Abraham would have never had Isaac. He would have never become the father of many nations if he wouldn't have stepped out when God spoke to him to leave his family, to leave his home, to leave everything. And the Bible says he was going to a land that he didn't even know where he was going. He just left to follow God. And he would have never had Isaac and become the father of many nations if he wouldn't have stepped out and left everything. I think about David. David would have never defeated Goliath. And the Bible says because he defeated Goliath, the king gave him wealth and gave him his daughter for marriage. He would have never experienced this if he would have not stepped out. The Bible says Goliath came out for, for 40 days, twice a day, 80 different times, Goliath, Goliath came out and defied the armies of the living God. And the trained soldiers stayed put. The trained army stayed put. David, a young shepherd boy, shows up at the front lines of battle. Goliath comes out to defy the armies of the living God. And that day, David didn't stay put. He stepped out and said, come get you some. <laughs> and that day. David saw the supernatural power of God, not because he stayed put, but because he stepped out. I think about Moses. Moses would have never delivered the children of Israel from 400 years of bondage in Egypt, and he would have stayed put. I mean, when that burning bush experience happened and God said, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, if Moses would have said, no, 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 I'm not going. If he would have just stayed put, if he would have just stayed there, he would have never saw the supernatural power of God deliver an entire nation from captivity. God used one man because he didn't stay put. He stepped out. I think about Ruth. Ruth would have never met Boaz and became, and became a part of the genealogy of Jesus if she wouldn't have stepped out and followed Naomi. She said, listen, Naomi, I, my husband's dad, he was your son. I'm disappointed. I'm heartbroken, but I'll follow you. Your God's going to be my God. I'm going to serve Jehovah Jireh. I'll follow, leave my land and follow you to your land. Can I tell you, she met her Boaz because he stepped out in faith. Come on, do I got any women that want to meet your Boaz? Come on, somebody. Throw up. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. Come on. I got any men, any, any men that want to be the Ruth? Come on, somebody. Come on. Hoo, 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 hoo. All I'm saying is stepping out is how the miracle took place. Can I tell you that the widow lady in the Old Testament, she would have never seen the miraculous financial provision when she only had a little oil and a little meal left, and she had enough to cook a cake. And she said, I'm going to cook one cake. Me and my son go eat, and we're going to die. And the prophet showed up and said, no, the word of the Lord is, cook that cake and give it to me first, and you're going to have enough to eat. Or aren't you selfish, Mr. Prophet? <laughs> but she stepped out, and she made a cake for the prophet and had plenty of food left over because God blessed it supernaturally because he stepped out. I think about Peter. Peter would have never walked on the water. He could have been comfortable. He could have been cool. He could have been warm with all the other disciples, but he never would have been a history maker if he wouldn't have stepped out and got out the boat. And people's church, God truly does. He wants to do supernatural things in and through your life, but it will not happen by staying in the boat. If you stay put, you'll miss it. If you'll step out, you'll experience things you've never experienced before.
I believe God wants to move supernaturally in your relationships. But you will have to step out. Proverbs 18 and verse 24 says, a man who has friends must. Come on, all of our locations, everybody shout must. Notice that must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If a man who, who, who has friends must, be, must himself be friendly. Come on, we all know people who say, I don't have no friends. Come on, and they're mean. <laughs> and you want to tell them, let me tell you why you don't have no friends. <laughs> Come on, we all have relatives. They say, well, you haven't called me. And some of y'all with a loose tongue, you can say back to them, you hadn't called me either. <laughs> he who has friends must, must show himself, herself friendly. And when you invest your time into building godly relationships, God does supernatural things in your relationships. He does supernatural things in your spiritual growth. Can I tell you, if you will invest in godly relationship, your faith will explode. It will explode. You'll grow closer to God. You'll build life-giving relationships where you're cared for, where other people are cared for, where you're inspired. We all need that. Where you get hope, where you get encouragement. Come on, where you have fun with other people. Some of you are having fun, all right, but you're having the wrong kind of fun. And you need to get around some people who love Jesus and to spur you on to do the right things. And you go show yourself friendly and build godly relationships. Let me tell you what will happen. God will bring about destiny-altering relationship in your life. Destiny-altering relationships. I am where I am today. Number one, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, because of Tiffany. Thank you, baby. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for Tiffany. It'd be 17 years next month. Glory to God. I did good there. Thank you, Jesus. And number three, the third reason is because of friendships. I have surrounded myself with the right people. My introverted self said, get out the boat, get uncomfortable. And because of surrounding myself with godly people, can I tell you, destiny-altering relationships have altered the course of my destiny, have pushed me into my destiny. Being around the right people, supernatural things have happened. And I believe for your life, if you will just step out, show yourself friendly. There will be supernatural divine connections that God is going to bring in your life that's going to spur you on to the next season that God has for you. But you got to step out. I believe God wants to use you to see supernatural life change, supernatural life change, but you'll have to step out. Well, one of the things that I, I hear from time to time, someone will say this, Pastor, you've changed my life. You've changed my life. Though I appreciate the statement, I know I understand what they mean by the statement, the statement is actually inaccurate. I can't change anybody's life. I've tried before. I can't change your life. I've tried. If I could change your life, I would meet with all of you. I'd give all of you a personal appointment for five minutes. I would change all of you jokers. But I can't. I, I realized it. I can't change a life. The Scripture says it like this. One plants one waters, God brings the increase. The Bible says, through the foolishness of preaching, lives are changed. Foolishness. Come on, preaching is foolishness. I get up, I preach, scream, spit, tell a few jokes, 
and Jesus saves people. And marriages are restored. And people are set free from addictions. And teenagers and kids' lives are put on the right track. Why? Because God takes our foolishness and he uses it in supernatural ways to change lives. You say, Pastor, how does rocking a baby in the nursery going to make a difference? How does teaching a four-year-old going to make a difference? How does teaching teenagers going to make a difference? How does serving out in the parking lot going to make a difference? How in the world is ushering making a difference? How in the world is working that camera going to make a difference? How in the world playing an instrument going to make a difference? I'm I'm not really, it's not going to make a difference. Can I tell you, God anoints our foolishness, and he uses this to build his kingdom. That's how he does it. Come on, we ought to give it up for the parking lot people today at all the locations. Come on, thank you, parking lot. We've had people come on snow days and tell us that they came to the Lord because they could not believe people out in the parking lot at a church on a snowy day. But God anoints our foolishness and uses it to change lives. But he can't use you if you stay in the boat. He uses people who step out. I believe God wants to move supernaturally in your finances. Malachi 3 verse 8 says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Come on, I want somebody to get supernatural breakthrough. He says, but you ask, how are we robbing you? He says, in tithes and offerings. Tithes, if you're new to the church, and so many people are new to faith at People's Church, and I'm grateful for it. A tithe is simply 10% of our income that we return back to God at the local church where we worship. Offerings are giving over and above the tithe as God speaks to us. God, speak to my heart about what you want me to give over and above the tithe. And he says this in verse 9, you are under a curse. You're not experiencing, experiencing God's blessings. You're not experiencing his supernatural power. You're living beneath the benefits that God has for your life. You're under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. He says, bring the whole tithe, the entire 10%, the first 10% into the storehouse, the storehouse, the local church where you worship, that there may be food in my house. He says, test me in this. See, tithing is a test. It's a trust test. Do you trust God or do you trust yourself? Do you test me, trust me, says the Lord Almighty. And I love this part. Notice this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Supernatural. Supernatural. I'll throw, if you step out in this area of your life and test me, I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Come on, everybody shout so much. Anybody during this Christmas season could use a so much blessing? Come on, throw up a hand. Come on, come on. Amen. All 10 of you. Amen. Bless you. I want to teach you how to be blessed. He'll pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to store it. And I want to teach you from God's Word. God wants to work supernaturally in your finances. He wants to provide for you supernaturally. He wants to bring about supernatural blessings in your life. He wants to use your giving and your tithing to bring about supernatural life change in other people's lives. But the only way you experience the supernatural is not by staying in the boat. It's by stepping out and trusting God. I think about Peter. Peter was the only disciple to experience a miracle that day. There were other disciples that saw it, but they didn't experience it. I've been praying for our Oklahoma City Thunder to get back healthy. Anybody praying with me? Come on quickly. Yeah. Praying for them to get back healthy and 
And when we all get back healthy, come on, we're going all the way to the NBA championship this year. Why didn't you clap there? What's up? And um, can you imagine being at Game 7 at the arena here in Oklahoma City of the NBA Finals? And it is jam-packed, screaming, loud, crazy. And we win Game 7 of the NBA Championship. Streamers are coming down, balloons, confetti. Come on, come on, you're acting like a nut. You're like, ah, We won. And the excitement and the screaming. And then you go tell one of your friends, oh, it was unbelievable. You should have saw it. We won. I was there. It was unbelievable. It was so loud. The decimal machine, it was showing the decimal. It was over 120. It was the loudest I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. We were screaming death. High five. We won. It was a slam dunk at the end of the game. We won the game. And they're like, You're like, I'm trying to explain it to you the best I, I can, but you just had to be there. It was unbelievable. How many know some things are just better seen for yourself? You know, you go to that guy, it's just, you know, that atmosphere of just being in the atmosphere. And here you are trying to describe what you experienced, what you saw for yourself. But can I tell you, there's another level besides just seeing it. Can I tell you that you didn't really get to experience it? You just saw it. Because when they order championship rings, you're not getting one. <laughs> oh, I know you screamed, woo, yeah, woo. But you just watched it. You didn't train, you didn't coach, you didn't play. You just sat in the stands and watched other people experience something amazing in their life. And all I'm saying today in the church is so many people are going to settle for sitting in the boat and watching other people. Oh, you're walking on water. Praise God. Oh, you stepped out in faith. You're a dream builder. Woo, isn't that all? God's using you. Woo, I'm cheering you on. You go, you go. But I'm standing in the boat. Matter of fact, give me a high five. I don't want to get wet now. Just get, can you come closer? Why do you want to settle for watching other people experience the supernatural when you yourself could actually get out the boat today and actually experience a miracle and experience the supernatural in your own life. Please don't be the people who stand the boat and who watch other people and they scream and they shout and they're spectators, but they never experience the supernatural power of God in their own life. Here's what I want to do today is we are having the opportunity to make commitments today and next week, and here's what I want you to do is in the back of your seats, our Dream Builder cards. And I'm asking you to grab one of those cards out today. Today you can make a commitment. You can take it with you and next week make a commitment. I'm asking you to step out. To step out. Not, don't stay put. Step out with your time. 15 community groups over the next year. Step out. Make that commitment. Your talent. Commit to 26 hours of serving in the church. 26 hours. 
Commit to 10 hours outside the church in our community to serve. Make that commitment as a dream builder in all three areas. Commit with your treasure to tithe. Some of you are going to step out the very first time, not just to give a little bit, but to actually tithe, to return 10% of your income. And then many of you are like Tiffany and I. You're, you're tithers, and you're joining Tiffany and I in giving above the tithe. And in this box here, as you fill out this card, you make that commitment, you're making the commitment to tithe. And then the number that we want you to write down is the number you're giving above your tithe for our new Indiana campus starting next year. Cost is about $400,000. I would love next week for us to bring our very best offering, either today or next week, and when Chris and Jamie are here, to show our support, not just with our love and our hugs, but to give a generous offering next week to let them know we love you, we're behind you, we believe in you as we start this fourth location of People's Church in Indiana. In a few moments, the ushers are going to come by. Now you can drop your card, your commitment card, in the offering bucket. If you have a special offering to give, you can drop it in there as well. But let's step out and not stay put.